everyone. I'm your host, Liana Pavane, founder of TTYL, human connection advocate, certified life coach, and most importantly, a human that's just trying to figure it out. I'm your unapologetic 20-something native New Yorker, advocating selfships. Yes, I'm in a relationship with myself while navigating the dating world. I'm on a mission to break down dating stigmas in our society and to stop ghosting. I started this podcast after my ex broke up with me over the phone. I know, at least it wasn't a post-it. And I realized that our dating etiquette was severely lacking due to technology. Each week, I invite guests onto the podcast from all walks of life to discuss their first date horror stories and best dates. Because let's be honest, we don't focus on the positives enough when it comes to dating. The best part about this podcast is that after each episode, I've walked away feeling more confident about myself and my relationships. So whether or not you're single, in a relationship, or find yourself in a situationship, I welcome you to get comfy as I dive into the uncomfy so we can normalize it together. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Ghosts of Dates Past. I'm super excited about today's episode. I am here with Emma, who is the founder of DM. And I've been on this platform for a bit now, and I can just say that it's been such an amazing group of women. It's an audio app, and they're doing video and text, so you can, if you're hosting, you can choose what you want to, what kind of room you want to open up, which I think is really cool and very unique. And there's all different kinds of topics on the app that people are talking about. I'm talking about dating and first dates, and I've opened up some really fun rooms there, but there's everything from finance and career, other relationship conversations, beauty, wellness, et cetera. So definitely check it out in your app store. And yeah, Emma can tell us more about what she's building and the community so far, but hi, Emma. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, it's so good to be here. Um, I'm excited for this conversation. Amazing. Well, yeah. Do you want to just give everyone a brief overview of DM and kind of, yeah, just tell everyone what it's about? Of course. So I'm the co-founder of DM, as Liana said, and we are building a digital society that puts women and non-binary people first. Um, The way that we are going about this is starting with a network of what we're calling sort of expert hosted social spaces. And that allows for anyone who has a passion or an expertise in a particular area across well-being, finance, career, society, and culture to create a community around their passion or their expertise. So we're very excited. We're in public beta. There'll be some exciting things coming your way in September, but for now, you can definitely hop in and, uh, and check out the beta version. I love it. Yeah, it's been so amazing so far, and the people on the app are just really incredible and are really dedicated to the communities and joining the rooms and things like that. So yeah, definitely recommend everyone check it out. But without further ado, I'd love to dive into your first date horror story or bad first date story. Yeah, I think I may have mentioned this one in one of your first date live sessions the other day, but um, it just is still very stand out to me as being very bizarre. Essentially, I went on a date with a guy, I think it was from Raya, and I didn't pick up on this before the date, but he was very, um, let's call him like an artistic soul, perhaps. And he, first of all, within like 30 minutes of us sitting down at this bar in Williamsburg, he tried to make out with me, which I was not having much of. 
And then I was like, okay, this is awkward. I literally don't even know what you do. I don't know why, like, are we 12 in a nightclub? I, I don't even be 12 in a nightclub, but are we 12 at a party? Um, I don't understand. And so that happened. And then I kind of wrapped things up early, did the classic, like, had a friend come get me type thing. And he then proceeded to write me eight sonnets in, to try and get my attention in the preceding or the few weeks which was very strange. So, yeah, I don't really remember the date. I just remember the the aftermath. That's hilarious. Yeah, I remember you telling that story. And yeah, the sonnets are just... I mean, the unwanted kiss or the unwarranted kiss is quite intense and kind of scarring, honestly. I feel like whenever that happens to me as well, I'm just... I kind of think back and think, what signals did I give this person? And then I realized that I didn't give them any and that there really was no indication. I think that's the problem with first kisses that makes it tricky is because people want them to be spontaneous and I get that, but then there's like those unsaid, said cues that you're like supposed to pick up on. But I don't know. I feel like at least in instances where I've made the first move, I usually always ask the guy, can I kiss you? Which I think is respectful and sweet and just yeah, it's cute. It's like, okay, cool. She's taking charge, but she's not like, what if I did read the room wrong? I don't want to be come. Yeah. I don't want to make a fool of myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's very <laughs> awkward. Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe if I'd, he'd waited until the end of the evening, like perhaps I would have kissed him. I quite like kissing people. So I don't I, like, I, I would probably wouldn't have said no. Just don't lunge at me at the bar. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Very interesting way of going about things, but okay. <laughs> But yeah, so you've been in a long-term relationship for a while, and I'm curious how you met your significant other. Yeah, so we met actually via one of my best friends in New York. People hadn't have guessed by now. I'm British originally, and I moved here about five and a half years ago. And one of my first friends actually in New York is Australian, and so I think that sort of uh, dictated a lot of my friendship circles, uh, which I'm not mad about. I love Australians, so... um, they're very sarcastic like Brits and that makes it far easier to have a conversation and not offend people um, in America and um, we met so she was one of my best friends and on one day in the summer I think it was a few years ago now she was I'm going to my friend's rooftop come with me after lunch something like that they're doing drinks etc etc and so lo and behold went to the rooftop which is the rooftop I'm actually sitting on now (laughs) and my now boyfriend was one of the flatmates in the apartment. We didn't start dating immediately, but um, I met him there. I love that. It's such an organic way of meeting someone. And yeah, I think it's just really nice when you meet people through friends, not in a way that they're setting you up, but just, okay, we're going to this party or something. And there just happened to be a friend of a friend there. And you kind of just naturally organically meet and Maybe your friends think, oh, they would get along and then you actually start getting along and chatting and it's super cute. And yeah, I love that. Yeah, we definitely had a very New York dating beginning to our like now relationship as in like no one committed to each other for quite a long time. But I also was definitely a large player in that. But we we knew each other for a while before we were official. Oh, that's so cute. I think it's nice when things go slowly as well and there's no pressure to put labels on things and it just kind of happens and I think there is such a pressure to DTR to define the relationship and 
when do you bring that up? And it's kind of nice when it just, you know, one day it's just like, okay, this is a thing. We've been dating for X amount of time. There's, it just naturally progressed into something. I think that's the healthiest way. But unfortunately, I think a lot of people, at least one party will get quite anxious, I think, leading up to that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a funny, a funny, uh, we never had the, the BPR conversation ever. But the first time I heard myself referred to as his girlfriend was when I landed in New Zealand, which is where he's from, like two, two and a half years ago, I think now. And his mom at a party was like, oh, this is Alex's girlfriend. And I was like, oh. And then in my head, I was like, of course you're his girlfriend, Emma. You've just flown to New Zealand. Like, what were you thinking? (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. I just never heard, I'd never heard anyone say it. So I would just like have, I like knew it was the case. I just hadn't really processed it. That's amazing. The fact that his mom said it before you even had the conversation makes it even better. And also the fact that I went, literally went to New Zealand to meet his entire family without the conversation is quite funny too. That is really funny. I feel like you're a rare in that because I think a lot of girls in your situation would have insisted on having a conversation before they left for such a crazy trip and meeting the entire family like okay sitting their person they're dating down what are we tell me right now how am I supposed to introduce myself to your family blah 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 I kind of just figured that maybe like made no I don't know I feel like it, I, I literally didn't even think about it, which I probably should have done, but it was funny. <laughs> You're so chill. I feel like everyone needs your chill energy in this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe they do. I think so. I think so. But in terms of your relationship, you know, it's, you said two and a half, three years. Why do you think it's worked so well so far? And what are some tips you could give to others that are in long-term relationships or potentially want to be in long-term relationships, kind of been dating for a little bit, and what are some of the things that really make it work for you? Yeah, it's a really good question. One thing that's like definitely very specific to our relationship is that we both work in the same industry. Like we're both tech startup founders, so we understand the pressures associated with that, like whether it be from like, oh, I'm fundraising at the moment, please don't expect me to be a nice person, or I'm really stressed that I need to reply to my emails at 11 p.m. because I forgot to send this one thing to this one person. And it's just an entirely different professional life than than I think most jobs. Um, and so I think we just both have an understanding of like what that means and what it takes. And so there's, I, I never feel guilty doing that, for example. I never feel guilty working. I never feel guilty spending all my days working because uh, I really enjoy it. And, and he obviously really enjoys his job too. So that's one thing specific to us that I think has worked really well and I think also just like respect for each other's own lives like we're both quite independent in that we have even different friendship groups as well as the same friendship group we both have different interests and don't I I don't really have any interest in in hindering either his social life or his other interests because they make him an interesting person so I think we both just respect that really well I love that I think that's super important to have independence within your relationship. I have said this before on the podcast, but just being an independent person while you're in a partnership, because it's not a a partnership doesn't mean you mesh into one person, right? You're still two people who have your own interests. And it's important to not lose yourself, lose the things that you love. And, and yeah, also respect the, the industries that you're in, because sometimes people I know now that I've picked up this new part-time gig, and I'm 
super, super busy, more busy than I was before, obviously, because I have extra responsibilities. And so, you know, now that I'm dating again, I, I can, I think it's important to sympathize and have that reciprocated back to you, like you said, because I enjoy what I do for this podcast. I enjoy what I do as an entrepreneur and I wouldn't want anyone to disregard that experience and make me feel like, oh, I'm not giving them the time of day and things like that. So I think those are really important points. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've always been the sort of person that wants my own time or space or like needs, literally needs my own time sort of thing. So I think if we both hadn't been that way, I would have felt like if say, if he had been really needy or anything like that, and I think needy isn't, is not a nice word to use, but you know what I mean? Like if he had thought differently of what a, being a, girl, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever is, uh, it would have been tricky. Yeah, totally. So what are some things that you do for yourself to just get space and kind of reconnect and yeah. Small things like going, I mean, now that the gym is open again, like going to the gym, like just being by myself in a class, I find really therapeutic. And then skincare, obviously, but I mean, we live together. So that's kind of in the same house now. And really just like hanging out with my girlfriends. I love spending time with women and I always feel so energized and happy when I do that. So uh, I think even just like now that social lives are coming back, certainly here in New York, it's been really nice to be able to do that again. Mm, I agree. I know it was so nice to be social and out and about last weekend. It was just so beautiful. And yeah, it's definitely it. I'm as well a kind of person that feels very rejuvenated from spending time with people. I always need some sort of stimulation if I'm by myself, whether that be watching TV or dancing to music or listening to music while I journal or something like that. I just, I like the company of others and sounds and things. That's, it makes me feel more connected to myself. So I love conversation and yeah, just makes me feel, makes me feel really relaxed in a kind of a lot of people would say that's weird but that's what an extrovert is I guess yeah (laughs) I would say I think I'm technically a introverted extrovert is that right I love time I need time by myself but I love spending time with people at the same time yes yes totally makes sense yeah I think I definitely appreciate time alone And I think it's super important. And especially as we kind of go back into socializing after the pandemic, I think it's important for everyone to remember that the boundaries that you set are okay. It's okay to say no still. And I think there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of memes kind of going around, you know, I'll never say no to anything again. I'm never gonna not go out or not meet that friend or whatever it is. But it's important to remember that what we did before the pandemic wasn't working in a lot of ways for many people. And so taking a combination of pre-COVID and post-COVID, you know, what happened during COVID I think was super important. And as much as it was really isolating, I think we've all spent a lot of time with ourselves. And if we go right back into socializing all the time, we're going to lose sight of that experience as well. So, you know, setting those boundaries taking that through with socializing in the future, I think is also really important. I agree. Definitely important. Yeah. So in terms of just the more fiery, sexy part of your relationship, how do you keep that fire alive? How, how does that flame stay 
stay lit? <laughs> a good question. I mean, I think when you live with someone, your like relationship in that like in every sense changes. So I don't know, just like making time for like date nights or like things where you're not talking about work or which is a lot of our relationship in Italy at the moment. And yeah, I feel like just not putting pressure on yourself to be like, we have to do this and we have to be having sex this number of times or whatever um, makes a big difference. So would you say that you like spontaneity over planning in your relationship? Yeah, 100%. I like spontaneity over everything in life. <laughs> I hate planning. <laughs> yeah, I think I like a combination of both. I think it's nice, especially in dating situations, it's really nice to... especially in the beginning it's nice to have some sort of plan like one person plan where you're going to dinner or drinks or activity but then afterwards leaving the door open for exploration okay do we want to go oh let's just wander around and see what we stumble upon or oh I heard of this really cool bar actually around the corner from the comedy show we're at like let's do that after this or something yeah so I I think a combination of both is nice yeah I agree I think it's really I don't know, otherwise it just kind of becomes, like, even if you have, we don't have children or anything, so it's not like we have to have a set day of the week that is, like, date night. It's just like, oh, maybe this evening we go for dinner, and that's quite nice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I love that. And, And even, I would say, kind of to your point about wanting, setting time to not talk about work, you know, it's almost like setting time for just each other and saying, okay, tonight is just us and it's no work. It's putting the phones away. It's really focusing on each other. We're making a no work conversation policy. I mean, I think that's something that some couples might need to do, might need to set that boundary because especially people who are entrepreneurs, I get that. I think work feeds into everything I kind of talk about especially now that I'm in this dating space, it's like comes up in conversations with literally every one of my friends. So I feel like I'm constantly working and like constantly thinking about the topic. But I think it's nice when we can just kind of take a step back and just enjoy the person that we're with and not really think about what we have to do tomorrow. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. So tell me about your best first date story. So about summers two or three summers ago um we saw that there was this really amazing immersive theater production that was going on in new york um it was super limited tickets i actually got a pr friend of mine to hook us up with tickets because we couldn't buy them and it was basically you were taken on this journey around new york city by actors and actresses and they you started at one location in tribeca and you basically got taken you got split up um, from the person you arrived with, whether they were other half or like a, a friend sort of thing. And then essentially the entire production was around like finding your person. So it was like you got taken into like random buildings in like Tribeca and then met by another actress and they gave you like lunch or dinner or whatever. And then they, you were walking along the street and all of a sudden there was a production of like in in the window on on Broadway like you'd look up and there was like something going on and then you had like these headsets of things that you listened to throughout the course of it and it was this whole immersive theater experience it was amazing and then at the end you got you get led back to the person the the actor the last actor you're with sends you off in a direction he's like walk that way I had a man as my last person and he was like walk that way and I was walking down this like cobbled street in Tribeca it was like 10 in the evening or something and then you get to the end of the corner and like 
my boyfriend was like walking towards me from the other angle and they like perfectly time your reunion and then they like take you back to the starting point so I think that was and then we went to French Chat for dinner which was nice so I think that was quite a good a quite a good date <laughs> wow that sounds like an I want to go that sounds like an amazing ex- immersive experience I know they never bought it back at, I don't think it was ever a show I think it was they did it in sponsorship with some alcohol brand and it was I think linked to the same production company that does like Sleep No More or something along those lines. But it was amazing. It was literally like on the streets of New York and they like they only did it for like five days, four summers ago. Wow. That sounds amazing. And I love the ending. It's so cute. It's like a little meet cute or even if, you know, setting you up kind of as this like, oh, like blind date, but not <laughs> kind of situation. It's so cute. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. So, and yeah, I would also say like dinner and theater is a great, a great date idea. I mean, I was a theater major, so whenever I go, I just feel like it's a great experience. And then, and then it's also nice because you can have this conversation afterwards about the production itself and kind of, you know, talk about your thoughts on it and what you saw, if you notice anything different from each other. And I think that conversation, that stimulation through a shared experience, but through different lenses, through different perspectives that you both have can be a really unique and amazing after conversation as well. Yeah, it's great. So shifting a little bit, because I know we, we haven't really talked about this much on the podcast. And actually, a lot of my friends were saying that I should discuss this because it is something that is so prevalent in everyone's lives and that's the conversation of friendships and friend breakups and that whole discussion and so I'm wondering if you've ever broken up with a friend before and if you can kind of tell me what that experience was like yes I have it wasn't really a I didn't like go out of my way to like break up with a friend sort of thing but there have been a few instances where you just sort of naturally grow apart where I'm like, if I saw you tomorrow, then we'd be best friends again, sort of thing. But there was one instance when I was at university, a girl who I was living with, who was one of my closest friends at the time, basically got this like really, truly terrible boyfriend who was like, very inconsiderate and like was a new boyfriend. And she was like, obviously obsessed with him and all of this sort of stuff. But it was around the time of exams in in summer. And we both had a floor, uh, we were in like a duplex house in London. And we both had the top floor, essentially. So our rooms were next to each other. And as I was, she'd gone to an exam already. And this man was in the house. And I'd met him like once, I think. And he basically just like, started smoking weed at like nine in the morning which I'm like I'm, I'm like okay so I don't care if you smoke weed but it's nine in the morning you're in my house and I have an exam in two and a half hours and my entire room was like completely gassed out like it was like I couldn't concentrate essentially so I opened all the windows I said to him I was like hey if you want to smoke please can you leave the house or like go in the garden or like I'm trying to study my exam is in like two and a half hours And then he started, then he put on like this like really aggro like rap music and was like, I don't think it's rap. It was just like really loud and obnoxious. And it was like, in my mind, it was something where there was lots of shouting. And um, um, he would not turn it on. And I was like, what are you doing? Go to your own house. Why are you here? And so I kind of got in an argument with him. I was like, I'm really trying to study it. It's my final exam of university. Like, could you please? turn down the music and stop smoking weed at nine in the morning. It's not an unreasonable ask. Anyway, 
she got really annoyed at me for having an argument with this new boyfriend slash person that she had brought into her life. And like, we literally barely spoke ever again. Like she just stopped talking to me. And I was like, they're not dating anymore, anything. And I was like, okay, well, I wasn't being unreasonable here, but clearly you were infatuated. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's tough. I, well, first of all, I don't think you did anything or said anything wrong. You were completely in the right in this situation. And it's frustrating when your friends can't see that, especially if it was something new in a relationship. I find that the rose-colored glasses can definitely, yeah, can definitely persuade someone from taking the side of even a friend. And, and that's really hard. And it's not always, it's not always okay to for friends to do that, for friends to, they always say, you know, friends last forever, boyfriends or girlfriends come and go. And I think that's just a super important thing to keep in mind. I mean, it stands true because yeah, you need to still make sure that you're spending time with your friends. Those are the most important people in your life and they will leave you if you ignore them or do something to really upset them. Yeah, I think in this instance, like, I would have been, I didn't see it as, like, an end of friendship thing. It was, like, your boyfriend was literally interrupting me studying. Like, we both went to very prestigious universities in London. We both understood the, like, we had diff- we went to different universities, but it, both in London. Uh, we both understood how important these exams were because, like, they were in t- very academic degrees, like, that sort of thing. And so I was, like, if you just said, I'm so sorry, we probably still would be friends, but she just like didn't talk to me. She like had a massive go at me for being rude to her apparent boyfriend. And then we, I don't know, like I, I think we had like one or two conversations afterwards, but it's weird. You're like, we could still be actually really good friends now. <laughs> huh. Yeah, that is weird. Well, I mean, to each their own, things happen. But yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like I made friends in college that I no longer talk to and Personally, I think that everyone comes into our lives for a reason. And I feel like those people specifically were at a very at a point in my life where I was really into the party scene and really just love going to house parties and meeting people. And then after college, that kind of continued. Well, one friend, I, I actually, I guess the first person or friend that I broke up with was back in high school. And, and ev- really, yeah. And every time there has been quite a conversation around it it's never been oh we're not talking anymore we just ignore each other it's just like I'm trying I think especially and I've realized this this is definitely a pattern for me the whole savior complex and I've had friends that have problems and I want to try and save them and yeah I had this friend in high school who definitely had an eating disorder and didn't want to admit it and I went to the counselor about it and then she found these emails on my phone with the counselor and it was really uncomfortable and I just kind of I was going to approach her about it and you know just see if she like needed help or you know I was just trying to gather the right information to say because you know we were I don't know like 16 years old I didn't know the right thing to say and that's why I went for help and she got really upset with me and it was just really uncomfortable and it kind of just came to the point where our I felt that if you aren't going to help yourself and I am just going to feel really uncomfortable around you and I I can't put myself in that situation because if I can't help you, like if you're not going to realize that you need help, what is this friendship, you know? And that was really hard. And, you know, we were joined at the hip for the first couple years of high school. And yeah, I mean, I haven't spoken to her since. So 
crazy. I think it's so, it's, it's funny. No one really talks about friendship breakup, but people give time. If someone's like, I broke up with my boyfriend, everyone's like, oh my God, I'll bring you ice cream or I'll bring you whatever. Or like, let's go for drinks. Or like, I don't know, when I broke up with my last boyfriend, my best friend who actually introduced me to my new boyfriend bought me a book that was like, and she was like, here's your breakup present. <laughs> like, this is amazing. But you, you like rally around a person. But if someone like loses their best friend or loses a really good friend and they feel hurt by it, everyone's like, oh, whatever. Like, it's a friendship. And you're like, no, sometimes your friendships are like bigger than even like, are definitely bigger than like some of your dating relationship you barely know a lot of people that you just date casually and so I think it's it's really interesting how I don't know people society places more pressure or more expectation and more like and therefore more um, attention when something like that ends versus when a friendship that may have been in progress for years or like 20 years in some instances ends and they're like they don't yeah, like no one cares as much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. And, and, you know, because of confidentiality purposes, I never really spoke about the real reason why that relationship ended. And, you know, it was one of those things where my friends didn't really know any of the details either. And so when we stopped hanging out, it was just what happened between you and so-and-so. And I didn't really want to tell people because it, it just felt like a breach of trust. And I was respecting her privacy and and our conversation, but you're right, you know, no one really, it was just kind of like, oh, we had a falling out or whatever. And no one really pried or asked more questions. And it was kind of just brushed onto the rug and everyone just moved on with their lives. And, you know, we were kind of in this bigger group together. So we would see each other sometimes, but then she kind of just kept to herself, you know, and, and I feel like, yeah, it was just one of those weird things. And I mean, looking back, you know, we were, I was also young and I didn't really necessarily know how to handle that situation so well, but it, it's tough. You don't, because I don't think, and, and they don't teach you, no one teaches you how to handle yourself or what to say in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really tricky. I hope that it becomes more of a conversation. Maybe it's something that can be a theme in DM. We'll get people to talk about friendship. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of, I mean, kind of going off of that, just having a difficult conversation with a friend in general, I think I've set boundaries with friends for sure before. So what are some tricks to approach that conversation that you would you would say, have you done this before? And what does that look like? I think my general theory in life is to just practice empathy. And so anytime you go into a conversation that maybe is tricky or something that, I don't know, maybe that person's having a hard time at the moment and you're trying to help them or like maybe they're having difficulty with like alcohol or drugs or anything like that. And I've certainly had friends who have had those experiences, eating disorders. Uh, unfortunately, it's very common that most, most women will know another woman who's had an eating disorder, certainly when we were at school. And I think really just approaching them less with your opinion and more with like trying to understand theirs um, and trying to understand where they're coming from. The conversation will always go better than you charging in guns blazing guns blazing because you have no idea that like maybe you have an idea but you might have no idea why they're behaving the way they are or if they're harming themselves in some way like perhaps that will make it worse uh, and so really just like leading with kindness. Mm. Yeah, I think that's super important. And that's something that I've been especially learning during the pandemic is just leading with compassion. And you never know what someone's going through 
trying to put yourself in that person's shoes if you do know that they're going through something and kind of seeing it from their perspective and realizing okay they lashed out at me but they're going through x or their family member is sick or whatever it is and that's not to say i think it's tough in certain of in certain situations like that because we think oh they're my friend is going through something difficult right now they said something to me that really upset me but i don't really want to burden them with more difficult conversations and all this stuff and so it can be tricky but i think if it's something super important that you do want to get off your chest i think the longer you wait the less important it will feel but if it's important in the moment even if it's something small i think it's necessary to say something and i think as well if you feel really confident in your friendship you shouldn't feel that they're going to hate you or not want to be friends with you anymore because of what they said I think a lot of people get scared about confrontation because they think someone isn't going to want to be in their life after that. But it's important to, yeah, I think what you said, lead with, lead with empathy, put yourself in their shoes, be compassionate. And just, I think it's also a great practicing point for more romantic relationships as well, because especially if it's one of your best friends, the likelihood of them not wanting to be friends with you after you tell them something is very slim. You know, they're part. Of, they're probably part of your family at this point. So yeah, agree with everything they said. Yeah, it's very important. I think with just most things in life, to be always be kind if you can be. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so, I mean, we kind of addressed this a little bit, and I was saying that I believe this, but do you believe that people come into your life for a reason? I would say. Yes, I think they do. I don't really know if I believe in believe in that, like the general concept of like how someone, I don't know, perceive that statement sort of thing. But I do agree that you meet people at the right time often and you seek people out at the right time as well. So I think it's, it's, less, it's less like them just suddenly coming to you. I think that you are also seeking something, whether it be a friend, whether it be a professional relationship, whether it be a boyfriend. But I do believe that people obviously have can have an impact on shaping you as a person and often the way that you are seeking to be shaped uh, happens, happens when they enter your life. Mm, I love that. I definitely believe in timing and yeah, I mean, they always, you know, they say it happens when you're not looking for it as well. And I think part of that is true. There's a certain energy that you give off. I think when you do go off and look for things in life, different than when you focus on yourself and focus inward and just let the things happen to you because I think that's when your energy is most connected to yourself and most focused on you and not the other yeah I, I think that when you recognize what it is that you want from life or from the world you're more likely to find what whatever that is but if you're just sort of I don't know, I just I describe it as like scrambling in a lot of ways, which I mean, I totally feel like I'm scrambling most of the time. But uh, if, you're, if you're not really sure in your purpose or like what you're looking for, both from a like a romantic relationship as well as a friendship or a professional relationship, then the chances are you'll probably find the wrong one. Mm, yeah, I agree. I think it's important to know what you want, but also not necessarily putting so much pressure into finding it at least from in a, from a relationship standpoint. Yeah, I love that. Well, there's a couple last questions that I ask, and then I want you to tell everyone where to find you and 
all that jazz. So the first is, how do you get excited for a date? I just, I love getting dressed, like finding a cute outfit, doing a face mask, maybe get the whole, just like, I don't really have any rituals, but I, I don't know. I remember just really enjoying like finding an outfit I felt great in. I love that. And then what is your ideal date? Good question. I think just something very casual, maybe like a nice Italian restaurant that we've like walked to in the middle of summer and it's like nice in New York and I don't know, just like a generally nice atmosphere. Maybe we have a drink beforehand and then just have really good pasta and then maybe go to like a fun bar or like discover somewhere afterwards. Very chilled. I'm not, uh, I, I don't really like fancy things. Why well, I do like fancy things. I just don't really care for them on a date basis. <laughs> I love fancy things. oh yes I yeah I agree I think it's nice when it's just a neighborhood kind of place and you just can go and have a nice time and yeah bowl of pasta is the way my way to my heart as well so I agree (laughs) I love that so where can everyone find you you can find me personally mainly on Instagram at Emma SH Bates. And you can find DM either in the App Store or Google Play. We are in public data, so please bear with us. Or on Instagram at AskDM. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Emma. This has been such a great conversation. And I'm excited to see what happens with the app next and where it goes. I'm, I try to have conversations on there weekly for the community. I call everyone reformed ghosters that came up on an episode in the beginning so I kind of just stuck and we talk about first dates and just boundaries and all that kind of stuff on there so if you're a woman non-binary person please feel free to download the app and check out the community yeah I can I can vouch for her sessions as well they're great (laughs) oh thank you (laughs) I appreciate that well, amazing. Yeah. Well, this, this fun. has been awesome again. And yeah, enjoy have a good rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode or this podcast in general, I would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, and review below. And if you can think of anyone who would enjoy this podcast, please consider sharing it. As a new podcast, the most helpful thing is to grow by word of mouth. After all, who doesn't enjoy a good date story? Lastly, if you would like to connect with me, please follow me on Instagram at ghosts underscore of dates past. And feel free to shoot me a DM if you have a comment, question, or would like to be a guest. I'm always looking for new people to bring on to the show. Hope you all have lovely weeks, and I'll be back next week for another juicy episode. Bye for now.